Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. This is the second podcast that uh, I am doing this year in 2023, and I'm on a roll. I'm on a theme. I'm talking about three lives and the lessons learned. Last podcast, I talked about Pele, who died at the end of 2022, and I talked about some lessons from his life regarding the Brazilian people. And now I want to talk about two additional people who deeply impacted me. Remember that my macro lesson here is how we ought to learn from those who are prominent in our generation, how we ought to see some lives as though they are given to us and that we are meant to learn lessons from them and pattern ourselves likewise. Let me mention two additional lives. They just happen to be lives of people who died at the end of 2022. And one of them is Barbara Walters. Now, you may think, wow, why would Mansfield be talking about a prominent member of the press uh, in in uh, an adulating way, in an admiring way? Well, let me tell you, I'm sure that Barbara Walters and I would not have agreed about very much uh, politically. Uh, She, of course, was uh, prominent uh, in recent years because she was on The View. I've never seen a a full episode of The View, uh, the morning talk show mainly for women. I've I've seen recordings of interviews and fights and and heard about the mudslinging on that show, uh, but I've never actually watched it. Uh, Barbara Walters was perhaps the most prominent female journalist of her generation until very recently. Uh, She once earned a million dollars a year, which was unthinkable. She hosted evening news shows back when evening news shows were the main news that you got. The three networks, uh, their their evening news shows was the main way to get news. My family, my father would come home, drinks would be poured, and the family would gather around the evening news. Uh, That's just the way it was back then. You didn't have CNN. You didn't have Fox. You didn't have cable news. You didn't have Twitter. Uh, You just, you you came home and you watched the evening news. And so those who uh, read the news, announced in the news, commentated on the news, were just very, very prominent people. And she was chief among them and unusual as a woman. But let me tell you how she impacted me. In 1974, she published a book called How to Talk to Practically Anybody About Practically Anything. Remember, the year was 1974. Now, at this time, I was living in Europe. I was 16 years old. I would uh, leave Europe halfway through that year and go to Des Moines, Iowa, believe it or not, where my father, a military officer, was assigned. And during that year, I decided to read this book. Part of it was my parents admired Barbara Walters. Uh, Part of it was that I knew I had problems talking to people. Uh, I was a big jock, but I was shy. I was insecure. I had a father who loved me, but was often critical of me and rather harsh at times in his discipline, kind of military at times. I've spoken about that before. And so when I'm 16, I'm a decent athlete. I, you know, do okay with the girls, uh, but I'm insecure and I have a hard time talking to people and I I don't stutter or have any kind of problem like that, but I, I just am beset by insecurity. Which posed as as a passed itself off as shyness, 
And so the idea of a book, the title of which was How to Talk to Practically Anybody About Practically Anything, really appealed to me. And so uh, I decided to read that book. Again, 16 years old, probably I read it as I left Europe and, and spent a lonely summer back in the U.S. before I went to my new high school. And I remember to this day the lessons in that book. The macro lesson was that you are not just born with an ability to speak to people or not. You can build what we might call today a persona. You can build an approach. You can learn skills. You can speak to people. You can engage people. I grew up in the home of intellectual parents who were readers, and our dinnertime conversation was fascinating. And I often saw people in school, teachers, uh, smart students, even in living in Berlin, Germany, my teen years, you know, famous people I would see, even generals and, and other celebrities who would come visit. And I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to engage them. I had a mind that, was, that wanted to learn new things. But I was debilitatingly shy and insecure. And then I read this book. And again, her main thesis was you don't just fall into the world with these abilities or without. Instead, you can learn tactics and skills that will help you engage people and talk to them and learn from them and enjoy relationships with them. And yes, she said, it applies to dating. It applies to doing well in your profession. It applies to getting into college. It applies to doing well on your sports team. Your ability to communicate is critical to your success in life. And then she started talking about every kind of practical thing. In fact, the book is a little outdated because it talks about what to wear in the office, you know, uh, especially for women in the mid-1970s. But laying that aside, her advice about how to talk to people, at which she, of course, was a world-renowned champion, really changed my way of living. I was a military brat moving all the time, constantly have to speak to new people. I had relied on my athletic ability to make any kind of, you know, cred with the new kids at the new school. But I was just torturously shy and insecure. Barbara Walters taught me how to engage people. She taught me how to think and kind of strategize about how to talk to people. And I, and I began to practice that. I went off to college, overwhelmed by it, not really academically prepared as I should have been. And I eventually did well. And part of it was I constantly remembered these Barbara Walters lessons about talking to people. And it worked. It worked with dates. It worked with professors. It worked with friends. It worked with when I began to be a little bit prominent, a little bit on TV, even while I was still at uh, university. Well, my point is that she taught me not just about communication, but as a whole, that you could be intentional about life skills and they would change your trajectory. So Barbara Walters, who most people consider to be, you know, one of the libs yakking away on the view, and I understand that perspective, but I'm urging you not to think just at that level only. I like them. I don't like them. They're liberal, they're conservative, you know, what have you, but to try to learn the broader life lessons that people have 
to teach a quick little parenthesis. I'm not a big fan of Joe Biden. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows that. However, Joe Biden overcame uh, horrible deaths in his family and a lifetime problem of stuttering uh, to become president of the United States. Now, even though I'm not with him politically, there's something to be learned there. There's something of character. There's something of courage. Uh, there's something of climbing yourself out of the pit uh, that I want to know about. I can learn from him, even though I disagree with him. And I can name thousands of other people like that. So I'm urging you to go broad and stop just thinking in terms of whether you like or don't like someone, as though the news is, and, and, the, and our cultural life is a passing parade of people you're meant to pass judgment on. Learn from them. Let them make you better. If we're going to have Joe Biden as president for four or eight years, why not learn some things from him that will change your life? And then my final person in this uh, three lives of, of people who died at the end of 2022 is Joseph Ratzinger. You know him better as Benedict XVI, uh, the pope preceding the current pope. And there's lots of attention being paid to his style and his manner, and people comment often that he was in the Hitler youth because, of course, he had to be in Germany at that time in his youth, and that he was more of a scholar than he was a real leader, and he's the first pope in centuries to resign and what have you. And I understand all that. But let me tell you that, you know, I wrote a book on, on Joseph Ratzinger. I was supposed to write a book on John Paul II, and he died right as I was starting the book. And so my publisher asked me to write a book about the new pope, which I did. And I thoroughly enjoyed the experience, and I thoroughly enjoyed doing the media. And by the way, I did it as a Protestant. I had some of the most fascinating conversations I've ever had in all of my publishing life uh, with Catholic news sources who were thrilled to be interviewing a Protestant who loved and took seriously this new pope. Ratzinger was known, uh, Benedict XVI previously had been known as John Paul II's uh, Rottweiler. It was kind of an insulting way of talking about his German character. He was the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, the CDF, which is sort of the doctrinal conformity office. It's the, it's the office that makes sure people behave themselves and stay within the lines of the, of the Catholic Church doctrine. So he had a mixed reputation. Many people didn't like him very much because he was the one who would keep innovations and heresies at bay. But here's why I like him the most. It'll only take me a few minutes to explain this. Because there was so much controversy around him, because, of course, the papacy is highly controversial in our generation, many people did not dive into his teachings. And because I was writing a book about him, and I was a Protestant, by the way, who knew I didn't fully agree with Catholic doctrine, but I wanted to know what this man uniquely had to say, I read some of his books. I listened to his speeches that I, and, and because I speak passable German and can understand what the man was saying in German, I listened to some speeches that maybe some other folks didn't listen to because they didn't speak German and the speeches weren't available in English. And I remember once that Joseph Ratzinger, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger said this, the world offers you comfort, but you are not made for comfort. You are made for greatness. Now, that kind of quote was hardly heard by people in the world because they were too preoccupied with what the press was pointing their attention to. Controversies, disagreements and agreements with John Paul II, disagreements with uh, liberal American Catholics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all that's important. And of course, I spend a chunk of my life doing that. But often when we think only in terms of that level, what happens is that we miss the vital life lesson the person has to teach. And I remember this quote, I remember it profoundly impacting me. The world 
offers you comfort. But you are not made for comfort. You are made for greatness. It's a different way of what Churchill once said. The ship is safe in the harbor, but it's not made for safety. It's made to beat against the waves. In other words, the, the ship is tossed and, and beat about when it's out on the, at the sea, and, and that can be dangerous. But of course, and, and yeah, people think, well, hey, it's better in port, but it's not made to be in port. It's made to be out there beating against the waves, heading for a destination. This is what Ratzinger was saying. This is what Cardinal Ratzinger was saying. And so he inspired me, and he made me think about the comfort uh, that I was living in. At the time that I read those words, um, I'd had, uh, I'd made some money. I'd done fairly well. I was in my, what, late 40s, probably by that point. I was okay, and I could have given myself even more to comfort. But as a result of that quote, I began to lean more to uh, people who called me to do hard things and, and called me to be a little careful about the comfort culture that I could afford, um, but that might deform me. Hear the words again. The world offers you comfort, but you're not made for comfort. You're made for greatness. And I, I believe this man, a pope, by the way, while I'm a Protestant, called me up to a higher level of devotion, to less being conformed by the comforts of my age, and to focus more on the greatness that God had ordained for my life. And by that, I'm not claiming that I'm something awesome. We're, we've all got greatness on the inside of us because we all have eternity in our hearts. So here are three people who profoundly impacted me, have the potential to profoundly impact all of us, Pele, Barbara Walters, and Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI. But the macro lesson I want you to remember is that as we ponder the lives given to us in our age, even if we disagree, even if there are moments of low character, even if there are lessons we don't want to absorb, there often are lessons we can absorb. And these three people, all of whom died like in the last three days of last year, profoundly shaped me, made me a better man. And I'm sure I wouldn't fully agree with any of them about, about everything. But this is how we ought to live in this world so that we can become all we are made to be. So we can, in the words of Joseph Ratzinger, achieve our true greatness. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular global speaker, and senior fellow for public leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.